What it do, baby? Welcome to a new episode of the Patty Melt Boys NBA Pod. I am your host, Matt Edlin, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Ben Ryder. We have what I anticipate will be a fun t- uh, fun show today, Ben, as we were just discussing. We're going to talk about the halfway mark of the NBA season and where the Nuggets stand, the NBA All-Star Draft last night, which I missed, and the upcoming game on Sunday. And we're also going to slander the Jazz. Yeah, uh, people people are probably used to us doing that, but the whole NBA is catching up with our jazz slandering ways. Uh, as I said, we are going to start, as we always do, with the Denver Nuggets. Ben, we're riding high here in Denver, you in D.C. Maybe you'll be in Denver someday. The Nuggets finished their first half of the season with a record of 21-15 and 15 and are currently in sixth place in the Western Conference. They're trailing the Blazers in that fifth spot by only half a game and trail the four-seed Clippers by only two games. The Western Conference playoff picture is shaping up to be another doozy this year. Ben, the Nuggets capped off their first half of the 2021 season by going on a four-game winning streak, all of those games on the road, right before the All-Star break. They look like they're just playing Nuggets basketball, moving the ball, cutting, finding the open man, playing Jokic basketball, basically. And they look like they're having fun doing it. And as you texted me last night, this is exactly what the Nuggets needed going into the break. Yeah, some very good wins there, too. I think the one that stands out to everybody is the uh, coming off a game the night before against the uh, I can't remember who they played the night before, but then they came into Chicago, right? When it went up north to Milwaukee and beat the Bucks, um, Just you know, like last and, year, shorthanded on the road yeah. on the second night of a back-to-back, killed the Bucks. And really handled them too. I, yeah. like I, I think they're up maybe nine or 14 and a half. And I text you being like, you know, they're going to blow this game. This is what the Nuggets do. They didn't. Uh, they pretty much led coast to coast. No problem. And yeah, this is what, like, this feels really good. I got to be honest. Cause it was kind of like, you know, they had some pretty bad losses. In fact, like right before they went on this win streak, that loss to the Wiz, which yeah. for some reason they always lose to these guys these days. But that was a rough loss, no doubt about it. And uh, it feels really good. Four positive wins going into the All-Star break. We'd talked about before, like it's only a matter of time before they get on the roll. Like Zach Lowe yeah. had said that. And now you kind of feel like coming out of the break, they're getting guys healthy. Our guy PJ Dozier's back. I don't know. It, the it, PJ Dozier effect. Things feel pretty good. Even though it's only four games, things feel like the ship has been righted in Nuggets Nation right now. And you know what? Let's extrapolate this 21 and 15 record out. It's exactly halfway through the year, 42 and 30. That's not bad in a 72 game season. That's probably right on pace for about a 50 game, uh, a 50 win year. Maybe not quite. But also the Nuggets, uh, they got a good-looking schedule coming up. I think they have the 20 – I wrote it down. I, I, I'm I not going to say I think. I know. They have the 26th-ranked um, strength of schedule coming up. So that's good. They've already played a really tough schedule. I know they have a tough May, um, or I guess this year it might not be May um, with the schedule, you know, the league starting out a little late. But um, they have a tough stretch right at the end of the year they're on the road for four or five or maybe five straight but either way i want to go back to something you said about texting me saying that they're going to blow this i think the same thing we've talked about this several times and i do not have this in front of me but i believe just following this uh online as much as i can without being able to watch the local team my local team here in denver 
I believe that they were up at halftime of all four of these games. So we've talked about their issues uh, holding on to a halftime lead, especially a double-digit lead, and I think that they did that. Does that sound about right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty sure they're they're definitely ahead in the last three. I can't remember the the first game, but yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, yeah, it does seem like a little bit of maturity coming from them now that they are yeah. able to just put put together a lead and then close that close the game out with a lead. Um, I mean, it's it's a positive sign. I don't want to get too excited, but uh, nah. I think especially like you mentioned, it second half of this the season could be pretty tough. Like they're playing such a cramped schedule, all these teams. And so to have like a, like less competitive schedule could really benefit the nuggets. I think I saw something like the jazz have the easiest schedule (laughs) in the second half of the season, which is crazy. Uh, We're going to get to slandering the jazz later. (laughs) I'll say this now, before we slander the jazz, they are really good. So um, I don't like to see that they have an easy schedule coming up. You got to admit though, Ben, I think, over the course of at least the last 10 games, I'm going to go over last 10 for, for our big three here, um, as you see. But Murray seems to be all the way back to me, Ben. Uh, over his last 10 games, Jamal is averaging 35-5 and five on shooting splits of 57, 51, and 93. Those numbers are better than his bubble numbers. For everybody that wanted Jamal Murray to be bubble Murray this whole year, He started the year off slowly. He always does that. I think that does need to change in the future if he ever wants to be an all-star. But let's just say this was a regular season. He might have had a chance at an all-star bid if the – I think the – so we're exactly halfway through. I think typically it's usually like 55 to 60% of the way through the season by the time the all-stars – by the time the all-star break comes. I wouldn't bet on it, but the way he's playing lately – he is an all-star. The only players in the last five years, the only guards to have those same numbers over the course of any 10-game stretch, Steph Curry and Dame Lillard. He's also scored 20-plus points in his last 11 games. His previous career high streak with 20-plus points was six. And I want to talk about everybody saying Jamal's having a bad season. We said he started off terribly. He is now averaging 22 points per game, five assists per game, four rebounds per game on shooting splits of 49, 40, and 85. He's averaging career highs in points, shooting percentage, and three-point shooting percentage this year. I think he's all the way back. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I think people forget, like, Jamal Murray is an incredible player. Like, and we saw it in the bubble last year. Like, that was him peaking. And, like, yeah, his stats over the last 10 games might match up to that. I think it's probably hard to sustain the level of play he had in the bubble. I mean, if he played like he did in the bubble, I think he'd be like an all time, like one of the best all time <laughs> players. Yeah. Um, so that's a little insane, but he's going to be a really good player. I, I think we just have to expect that from him. And you're right. Like, I think the next step for Jamal is getting consistent and getting consistent at the beginning of the season. I mean, frankly, our guy Jokic, like that was kind of the knock on him before this year was that like, you know, he's great and stuff. He just doesn't really like take the off season very seriously. Yeah. So it takes him a while to get going. Um, not this year, you know, he came in like in great shape, ready to play. It's, I mean, he has carried the nuggets he's in. I mean, we'll talk about it later, but he's a top three MVP candidate, top two, in my opinion. Same. And I think that's the next step for Jamal. Like I know Jamal takes off season serious and stuff, but he just needs to figure out 
whatever it is like he needs to do to get going faster and then be more consistent throughout the season. Like the nuggets need to be able to depend on him like they do with Jokic. Um, so that they have two guys that are always there for him. Yeah. Consistency is definitely the key when it comes to Jamal and, you know, Joker just turned 26. Jamal just turned 24. They're both February babies as am I Ben. Ooh. Um, so I think maybe hopefully Jamal's on a little bit of a faster track and next year when he's 24, as opposed to 25 with Jokic, when he started his year off strong, hopefully he starts the year off strong next year. It's all in the past. Now let's slander Paul Pierce. Can we get into this? <laughs> so this has to do with Jamal Murray, which is why I'm bringing it up. Now, Paul Pierce, the other day on the jump, he said, he thinks the Nuggets should look into trading Jamal and I've got news for him. Jamal is not on the fricking market. They didn't trade him for PG, Kevin Love. This was prime Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and he isn't going to be a part of any Bradley Beal deal if there ever is one. Pierce seems to be, when I watch the jump, Pierce seems to only be on TV so people can absolutely dunk on him. Former <laughs> Nugget and Jamal Murray fan Richard Jefferson quickly shut Pierce down on live TV. It was hilarious. Um, they just, when he was saying this stuff, they did a couple times. I watched this whole episode. I used to watch the jump way more, but I caught it the other day. And on like three or four different points that he was making throughout the episode, Richard Jefferson was just like giving him the stank guy. Like, I don't think Paul Pierce is good at his job. I thought I heard maybe two seasons ago during the off season that ESPN wasn't going to bring Paul Pierce back, but he's been back for another two years. I don't, I don't know. It's like Chris Webber with this guy. Nobody actually likes his analysis, but for some yeah. reason, the the two companies keep bringing these guys back. But we're here to slander Paul Pierce, not Chris Webber. I mean, he's kind of like their guy that he just gets people to talk about something. But um, yeah, somehow like Kendrick I, Perkins got better than Paul Pierce. <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite an achievement. Um, yeah, I mean, so I got like an update on my phone from ESPN basically just saying like Paul Pierce is talking about like Paul Pierce wonders if the nuggets shouldn't trade Jamal Murray. And it's just, I mean, so I was weird like that they would send an update on that. Yeah. I mean, and it, it was just, I was just immediately pissed off because like, yeah, it's just an opinion, but there's like no basis for it. Like absolutely nobody none. like Woj, like Zach Lowe, like none of the guys that know shams, like they're never like, Oh, the nuggets have like thought about Jamal Murray trade. And the reason like they haven't is because like, who could you possibly get back that's like young and as good as Jamal Murray? And the answer is like nobody, especially somebody that fits with Jokic. Like, yeah, you know, at, at like his salary level, like he's like their best fit that they have right now. He's still growing as a player. He was awesome in the bubble last year. Like, it's just ridiculous. I was pissed. I told you I was pissed about it like <laughs> right away because it's just something like, and then I was still up on ESPN today uh, when, yeah. I, when I looked at the homepage. And it's it's one of those like sports, like radio type hot takes that's never going to happen. And uh, but it just generates like some publicity and stuff. But yeah, Paul Pierce, man, like, I don't know. I feel like analysis it just doesn't really suit him. Doesn't put in the work, I don't think. It definitely doesn't. And he definitely doesn't. Yeah, Jamal's young. He's a stud. The two-man game between him and Jokic is incredible. There's no way they're including him in a trade. I So you said like he's not tuned in and everybody was basically just laughing at this take. It, it just comes to show how 
ill-informed a lot of the national media is and like paul pierce is a special case i'm going to get into it a little more with two other usually well-informed guys (laughs) later but um yeah like in what world would this make any sense let's trade the guy who fits perfectly with our mvp candidate that doesn't make any any freaking sense let's go over Jokic's numbers at the break he's our leader for mvp my bet is looking better and better every day as the nuggets push for a higher seed as we said looking good going into that easy second half oh god i hope i don't uh i hope i don't put my foot in my mouth there by saying the second half is going to be easy for our team joker is averaging 27 11 and 9 on shooting splits of 57 42 and 88 he's also killing the league in a bunch of different advanced stats i know you know this ben but i'm not going to get into like the advanced stats that he's absolutely killing it in he's averaging career highs in three-point percentage and makes free throws points where he's plus seven over his previous career high rebounds assists and steals where before last night's game where he had zero steals he was tied for number one in the nba in steals before last night's game uh so much for a guy who can't defend i know steals isn't an exact uh and like the best barometer for for seeing like who's the best defenders in the league or whatever but Jokic's hands are great Um, He's averaging a career high 36 minutes per game as well, up by more than four over his previous career high. And he has 20 dunks already this year. He only had 15 last year. This has led to a new nickname, Ben. Have you heard this one? I have. Phi Slamma Joker. It's not the best nickname. (laughs) It's not the best. It doesn't roll off the tongue. No, it doesn't roll off the tongue. It's not Fly Slamma Jamma. But Fly Slamma Joker, you know, I'll take it. Anything that anything that uh, gets Jokic a nickname that has anything to do with like high flying dunk dunks, <laughs> I'm in. Uh, yeah. Ben, we said I think he's my number one for MVP for several reasons. I think his entire game is better than Embiid's right now, um, and Embiid would be in my estimation a close second. And in a lot of people's opinions, he's number one right now. And I can't fault them for that because he's having a great season. But how is Jokic still only third place for MVP in a lot of people's minds? Yeah, I don't understand that. Um, and I think the the guy that most people have ahead of Jokic in the second spot is LeBron. Right. Um, although I, I did just hear Bill Simmons talk about how he actually has Giannis second. Um, interesting. Which is interesting. And he had Jokic third, LeBron fourth. Okay. I mean, here's the, the thing is, but I think LeBron's probably the common second pick or first pick in some people's mind. I mean... LeBron's having a fine season. It's not like one of his best seasons, Um, but it's like, I mean, this is in part a narrative driven award. Like, I mean, part of the reason I think Giannis can't win this year is because he won the last two years and then the bucks like flopped in the playoffs. And so Giannis fatigue. Yeah. I mean, and I, I kind of think that's fair with Giannis. It's like, you know, okay, you can be a great regular season player, but you got to take it up another level if we're going to keep handing you these MVPs. Um, so, you know, but with LeBron, it is, it's just like a narrative type thing. I don't think there's actually a good case to put him first or second, maybe not even third. Like, I think it's based on pure stats. He's probably more at like the fourth spot, but like, you know, people want to see that story. Like LeBron has dedicated a lot to this season. Um, you know, can I add something real quick too? Yeah. So Anthony Davis is out. Good point. And he's, they're still the three seed right now in the West. So that's great. Um, but 
speaking of uh, narrative driven, as you mentioned, LeBron very outwardly said last year that he was pissed that he didn't get more number one votes or more first place votes for MVP. Narrative already started in the offseason. So go, yeah, continue. But I, I mean, just wanted uh, to throw that in there. Well, apparently he was planting the narrative kind of yeah, in the bubble that like he was, was going to come out and try to win it this year and stuff. And, you know, I, but I think the problem is, is that the Lakers, like, you know, like they're the defending champs and they like, at least recently since Davis is out, they haven't looked very good. True. Um, and, and so I don't think there's a good case for LeBron. I do think Embiid probably has the slight edge over Jokic right now. He's had a credible season. And like, you know, speak of narrative, like Philly's the number one team in the East, not as yeah. tough a conference as the West, but they played great. And then like, he goes out there like and has like a statement game, you know, against the Jazz and Rudy Gobert, the maybe defensive player of the year, like, you know, pretty much like has his way with him. I mean, so I think there's a pretty good case that Embiid's the top guy right now. I think the potential knock against Embiid is he's I think I heard today he's played he's missed six games out of 36 games or something. Yeah, um, I'll be surprised if he doesn't miss more like. I mean, I hate to say it, but like he just has a history of missing games. And guess who doesn't miss games? Jokic. Like that Ever. guy shows up over <laughs> yeah. and over again. So yeah. I, I think Jokic probably has the edge down the stretch because of that. But I think it's pretty close between those two. Right yeah, now. Jokic, I agree, has an edge when it comes to games played. Unless something freakish happens in the second half, Jokic is going to play every game. And Bede, I agree, he's probably going to miss some more games. His averages are 30.2 points per game on 52% shooting, shooting 42% from three. So if you look at that compared to 27, 11, and nine for Jokic, I think overall Jokic has a better game, right? Um, and especially like he's averaging career highs and a bunch of stuff. But like you said, I think the thing that really sets him beat apart here is his Sixers are the number one seed. It is an easier yeah. conference, but that doesn't really matter when you look at it. When you're looking at standings and you see the Nuggets in the sixth spot, we've yeah. kind of always said this for at least the last several uh, pods now. If the Nuggets can get a top three, four seed, I think the narrative here might flip. I mean, people do love Jokic. I love all the attention that he's getting. The team, we'll talk about the all-star, the, who, whose team he's on later is insane. It's, I mean, it's an all-star game. But I do want to talk real quick. You mentioned something about having a statement game against Rudy Gobert. Jokic <laughs> did too. Yeah. Embiid had like, what was it? 40 points and 19 rebounds or something crazy like that. Um, yeah. Jokic, I don't know how many rebounds and assists he had, but he had 47 against Rudy Gobert earlier this year. I'm going to now include in our Instagram for this episode, the arm wrestling meme, uh, <laughs> with Jokic and Embiid embarrassing the defensive player of the year, the front runner and two time former defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. The slander has already started, Ben. Yeah, we can't help I mean, ourselves. No, I know. I, I just got to make a point on that. Like, you know, Rudy, like has made this reputation of this great defensive stopper, but like, there's like not a lot of great centers in the NBA yeah, anymore. True. And, and so I think, you know, maybe that reputation is a little soft because you're like, I mean, and Jokic owns Gobert, frankly. He does. Like, and career wise. And, uh, yes. and Bead does too. And so it's like, whenever he goes up against an elite center, he gets destroyed. And, and there's just like, not a lot of those guys in the NBA. So 
Sorry, I'm, I'm jumping the gun on the jazz slander. I just couldn't all good. resist. But uh, we'll a little bit of the a jazz soft, all throughout. soft reputation, I feel like, for Rudy Gobert, maybe. I agree. And I'll say this. I think Embiid overpowers him. Like, Rudy Gobert is long. He's athletic, but definitely not as strong as Embiid. Embiid just overpowers him. He has a better overall game. And Embiid's a great defender, too, which adds <laughs> to his MVP case, yeah. by the way. Um, Jokic is not a terrible defender, as a lot of people say, but what Jokic has over Gobert and why I think these two in particular can dominate Gobert, Embiid has the strength. Jokic just has the footwork and the moves. Like, yeah, he just embarrasses him or uh, Gobert a lot of times when they go one on one. When he actually posts up Gobert, Gobert will get a couple blocks, but like overall, he's biting on the three or four head fakes that Jokic gives him. He won't bite. He won't bite. And then when he bites, Jokic just takes advantage of it. I mean, he's very good at it. So let's move on to MPJ real quick. He's really come on strong after Jokic yelled at him in that first Milwaukee game a couple of years ago. MPJ has had five double doubles in the last six games. He's really elite in rebounding. And I think offensive rebounding, it just gets him a couple more, a couple more tries at a field goal every game. There was actually, I will recommend this, Jonathan Charks from The Ringer had a great uh, article about MPJ finding his way um, today on The Ringer. So I don't know if you saw that, Ben, but check that out. Over MPJ's last 10 games, he's averaging 15 and 9 while shooting 51 overall, 51% overall and 44% from three. Uh, not, Not out of the ordinary for MPJ. On the season, he's shooting 42% from three. And hey, Ben, it seems like when he's at the four, he's a pretty good defender. He's at least an improved defender who has a lot of potential to become a good defender. Yeah. I mean, it seems like he's a little bit more comfortable at the spot. Like I, like he's had some pretty key blocks or some big blocks yeah. in the last couple of games too. Like late. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his defense is still like suspect um, at times and pretty terrible at times. But I, yeah, I think, I mean, I feel like there's just like less for him to do when he's defending at the four, a little bit like less moving around, less, less thinking. I feel like that's generally a good thing with MPJ, like less thinking, um, (laughs) just play the game playing is is better for him. So we're going to talk, let's talk about an unsung here. I mentioned it quickly earlier, PJ Dozier effect. Yeah. So PJ was out for three plus weeks, uh, not too long ago, but he's played in these last four. The, the you know, he has a big part of this uh, four game winning streak. You've been watching more than I have, unfortunately. I am not able to as much, but PJ has been a real difference maker in these last four games, has he not? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like the difference that really like stands out. You're not like, oh, like PJ right. Dozier is back. You know, this really transforms the Nuggets, but like. Uh, I think I text you the stat. I, c- I can't remember which game it was. Maybe it was the Bucks. He was like a plus 31 or something. It was yep, and, last night. Or yeah, last night he was plus 31. Last night. He okay. might have been similar against Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, he. I was looking at his uh, his season stats, and he's like a plus. He's Over, over the season, he's a plus 4.2, um, which is pretty good. Yeah. And he has like a very high um, – yeah, he's a pretty good offensive rating too, 111. Um, but he, I think the big thing with him is he's just like very flexible and he allows the Nuggets to do a lot more. Yes. Like he can pretty seamlessly guard like 
positions one through three. And I think he can even decently move up to four, like if he has to on a switch. Some fours, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then on offense too, he can play like one through three, like, you know, pretty seamlessly. Like he came up as a point guard, but he's, he's like not really like size as a point guard. And so he just like lets the Nuggets do a lot of different things. And I think, I mean, that helps them uh, a lot, but I think it helps like Jokic too. Like, um, just like finding mismatches and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a weird effect. Cause I don't think you're ever like, Oh, like PJ Dozier's on the floor. This is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it kind of like frees up other guys, um, to do different things. And just like, I think helps a lot on defense too. So it's, I, I'm surprised how happy I am to have PJ Dozier back in my life. It, it's a weird feeling. <laughs> I'm a little bit surprised too. I mean, I've, I've liked PJ since he came to our team. He's kind of an NBA journeyman uh, a little bit, mostly played in the D league. I know he played for the Celtics a little bit the year before he came to Denver, but like you said, he's six foot six, he's a point guard, but he's six foot six with a long wingspan. I don't have it in front of me here. I think he has at least a six foot nine six foot 10 wingspan. You can see it in him when he's out there. He's long. Like you said, great option at the one through the three, because he's a big guard who can handle the ball. He allows Jamal Murray to play off ball, which I think we've all learned has been pretty key for unleashing Murray. And he's a great defender of bigger wings at only six foot six. You know, he's not like six, eight, like a, like a Robert Covington or something like that. But, um, he's just solid. And I think we talked about this when we lost Jeremy Grant, he's a pretty good option to stick out there for defensive purposes on some of these bigger wings during the playoffs. I think he's an unsung guy for the nuggets. I won't call him a hero yet, but I mean, wait till the playoffs. I think he's going to be even more valuable because what's really been working well. um, And I'll say the last 10 games again has been Monte Morris starting at the point with Gary Harris injured and then starting alongside Jamal Murray but I don't know how well that does in the playoffs. Monte is solid, but yeah. defensively, that's a pretty small one too. So if you can bring in, you know, have a third option for a ball handler coming in with six foot six size at the two or three, combine him with Monte and Murray or just one of them at different times, that's a pretty solid option to have. I mean, yeah. I'm like I'm liking what I'm seeing. Zeke Najee's been playing pretty well still. RJ Hampton, unfortunately, out for health and safety protocols along with Faku. Um, I'm going to get into that now. Can I get into my monologue a little bit here, Ben? Yeah, go for it. I do want to note, first off, that I know for national NBA analysts, I'm, I'm not giving Paul Pierce any credit here, but it's really tough for NBA analysts, writers, podcasters, to watch all 30 teams on a regular basis. I know it's hard to be well-informed on all 30 teams and their goings-on and their COVID impact and their injury situation, but I also ask that if these analysts don't know much about a particular team at that given moment especially, don't talk about them like you do. This brings me to the Ringers, KOC and Verno. Two of them, you know, usually pretty well-informed guys. For some reason, (laughs) I do listen to their podcast. They're the hosts of The Mismatch, two all-time annoying voices, I got to say. Um, but this particular Kevin episode O'Connor, of Kevin O'Connor, Kevin Obama. Oh, God, stop. Kevin stop O'Concert, now. Kevin O'Candyland. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the Nuggets, this particular episode that I have beef with came out a couple episodes, like maybe last week. Nuggets were 17 and 15. 
and the Celtics were a game below 500. I believe it's been about a week since this happened. Um, and first off, I do also want to say, I like the Celtics. I like their young stars. I like what they've got going on. I think like the Nuggets, they're going to probably have a hot streak coming up here sometime in the second half of the season. I don't know their strength of schedule. This is nothing against the Celtics. But what the what these two said is that the Celtics and the Nuggets have both underperformed. Yeah, no shit. Both of them were in their, their conference finals last year. Uh, no surprises there that they've underperformed. But the Celtics have a better excuse to have under, underperformed because they've had injuries and have had important players out due to COVID protocols. I guess what they're ignorantly saying, Ben, was that the Nuggets haven't. Apparently, that's what they were going for. Here's what I have to say, and this is no disrespect, again, to the Celtics. The Celtics have two all-stars in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to the Nuggets one in Jokic. MPJ missed more than two weeks in the beginning of the season. I believe 10 games total, um, a season in which is it is extremely pivotal. Po- oh, sorry. Oh, man. I was just getting into it, too. <laughs> So it's a pivotal season for both his development and his meshing with the team in time for an important playoff run. Then you check out the Nuggets injury report. If you did that, you would see PJ Dozier, as we just said, was out for three plus weeks recently. Gary Harris has been out for all but one game in the last three weeks. Jermichael Green missed the first five games of the season and has now been out for the last two weeks. Paul Millsap has now missed the last two weeks. And in this last little four game winning streak, the Nuggets have had Fock. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Great podcast moment. Faku has been out the last three. He, along with RJ Hampton, who has actually played very important minutes for the Nuggets lately, very solid defense. I think he's an up and comer. I've invested in his cards a lot. I'm going to get into that later. <laughs> but him and Faku, who's been playing great lately with extended minutes in the NBA, they've been playing great. They've been out for health and safety protocols. Will Barton has missed a few games a couple weeks ago due to a family death and missed more time earlier in the season due to injury. All I'm saying is here, if you're going to have a take, especially based on injury and COVID protocols in a year that basically every team has gone through it, do your fucking homework and don't say that one team has a better excuse than the other. The Nuggets had a better record when they were saying this. And they've had, I think Jason Tatum, which is probably more of an important player than any of the mentions that I made for the nuggets there. Jason Tatum was out for a little while for health and safety protocols. But I think when you add up everything, the nuggets have just as good of an excuse. I'm not giving them an excuse. Last time we talked, Ben, we said at some point you can't keep giving teams like these excuses that they have, but it's a weird year. Um, National media just has not done a good job covering the nuggets. And it kind of pissed me off. And I texted you basically that whole rant I just went on. I stumbled a couple of times, but I think it still, it still served its purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Nuggets play in a tougher conference too. Like True. that's, that's just a fact. So, and if they have the 26th easiest schedule or sorry, the fourth easiest schedule, if you want to flip it and say it that way, coming up in the second half of the season, it kind of tells me that they've already had a pretty fucking tough schedule in the beginning of the season. You had said too that the a lot of the media was talking shit about the Nuggets front office after praising them basically endlessly one year ago for how well they draft and how well they develop players. You know, I just Zeke and RJ, they've had to fill in during these injuries, but they've already played well. I'd say the front office is still doing a pretty damn good job. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like just a couple of years ago, like I don't know, it was last year, but just recently, like you know, the Denver Nuggets front office was getting praise for 
finding Monte Morris, you know, finding Jokic late in the draft, uh, you know, getting Malik Beasley and Wancho Hernan and Gomez, you know, that were like pretty solid talents, but like, look, the nature of the end and like Torrey Craig as well, Jeremy Grant, like making that trade, like they were getting a lot of praise for getting these role players, but like, look, the nature of the NBA these days is like they're short-term contracts. And if you have talented players, like other teams are going to pay him. And like Beasley, like that's what happened. The Nuggets could not yeah. pay him what he like, frankly, deserves to be p- paid. Like he's killing it in Minnesota. I think he he's the, probably their second best player. Yeah. Like that's just how, how things work. And so I think it's like a little bit unfair. This year, you've heard a lot of media saying like, oh, like the Nuggets front office has really let Jokic down, like not surrounding him with, like talented players. Well, like, look, like they went out and got Grant last year. They had like good players around him. Like not every year is going to be perfect. And like, they do have guys that like have a lot of potential, including like MPJ, like, yeah. you know, who they not found even late close in the draft to yeah. as well. Or like, you know, not as late top for him. Pick, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like sometimes like national media comes into these teams and like looks at a snapshot, but it's like, you know, not too long ago, Nuggets were like a great story of development. Yeah. And Ben, don't mind me. I'm going to shit on Paul Pierce again. I remember yeah. one of the <laughs> one of the segments they did was like a, a panic or patience segment. And they brought up the Nuggets and Paul Pierce said panic. And I think that's when he said he was going to, you know, they should think about trading Murray. He said panic because you got to surround Jokic. I agree that you got to surround Jokic with talent. Murray's a talent and MPJ is already an emerged but still has much more emerging talent to go um and then richard jefferson again quickly shut him down saying this is all about patience these guys are all 26 and under they're gelling they're finally playing well together and also by the way also richard jefferson's words when the spurs had duncan there were years where they were the one seed there were years where they were the eight seed seven seed and the three seed not every single year is going to be as smooth as the last. Yeah, Two seasons point. ago, the Nuggets were second. Last year, they were third. So far, they're six with an easy schedule coming up. So I just want to get back to some positivity now. The Nuggets over the last eight games have the second best offense in the NBA at 121.6 points per 100 possessions, and the Nuggets are fifth in offensive rating this season. The Nuggets also have the number four net rating in the league for the entire season at plus 5.4 and again, 26th ranked in remaining strength of schedule. I'm just optimistic about their second half. We don't really have to say anymore. We've pretty much covered the Nuggets. I do have one last thing. <laughs> that being said, big congratulations to uh, loyal listeners, MPJ and Faku Campasso, on being named to the Rising Stars game that won't be played this year. It's a great honor for both of them. I think especially for Faku, though, Ben, um, he didn't really know what the game was when Michael Malone told him. Apparently <laughs> he said, uh, that's cool. What is this game? Um, but he's a largely coming into the season, largely unknown player, 29 year old rookie, five foot 10 out of Real Madrid, originally from Argentina. A uh, very cool honor for both of those guys. Just wanted to quickly. That, that proves my point out. though, Matt, the Nuggets have two rising stars, you yeah. know, like one of them's 29. Just give us some <laughs> patience. They'll develop too. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's quickly go over the entire league, check in on the halfway point for the entire league. Out West, the Jazz are the number one seed, followed by Phoenix, followed by the Lakers, the Clippers, the Blazers, Nuggets, Spurs, and Mavs, 
The Sixers are the number one seed in the East with the Nets, Bucks, Celtics, Knicks, Heat, Hornets, and Raptors following. What's your what's your big story here? Everybody's freaking out about the Knicks. I mean, I kind of agree. They've never been 500 or above 500 at this point since I think the 2012-2013 season when Melo was there. I think the story, at least in the East, is the Hornets. That um, is that's a fun I mean, story. They're fun, and also like it looks like. I mean, it's early, um, but Lamelo looks like a, the type of player you can build a real contender around. I'm and with you. I think Charlotte he's gonna be really a star. hasn't had that for a long time. Yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, that's exciting, and also like Charlotte just like it's a good visual experience, you know? Like they got cool jerseys right now. Like Very. it doesn't matter. Buzz like, City. Yeah, and usually there won't be fans there, so that kind of sucks to watch. But there's no fans in any of these. Well, not many fans in any of these arenas. So I feel like the Hornets, uh, that's that's kind of the big – or that's the feel-good fun story, at least. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. And when we go back to our picks for for the championship this year, you had picked the Lakers. I picked the Nets. How are you feeling about your pick? And let's say AD is completely healthy. Yeah, I still feel okay about it because I think AD will be back. I think they'll be okay. I do have to say, though, like if I was picking today, I think I'd switch over to your pick because, I mean, damn, like James Harden, like we we got all our jokes in, but that guy is just (laughs) a basketball player. He's incredible. And uh, and like playing like in a very different way, too. So I feel like you should be pretty happy with your pick. Yeah, I'll just say it now. I'm pumped about my pick. I wish I put money on them. I didn't. I put money on the Nuggets. Only 20 bucks. Nuggets still got a shot. But yeah. I will say another quick note. They're the favorite to add Blake Griffin now that he agreed to a buyout with the Pistons, Ben. I don't think that'll matter much. I don't either. But Blake, you know what? Get the guy a championship. I haven't watched a lot of Pistons games. I've heard um, he's been terrible. But He hasn't I, had a dunk all like year. He's, he's pretty washed up. Jokic so. has That's 20 sad. dunks. Really and sad, honestly. It is right? sad. It is sad. Blake I thought was, he was. Go ahead. Blake like rejuvenated the Clippers. Like people forget yeah. about that. You know, like now they're like a really they're one of the top franchises that people want to play for. They were nothing until like Blake got there and made them exciting. Then Chris true. Paul gets traded there, you know, and they get DeAndre and stuff. But yeah, I mean that was all Blake, and he was pretty damn exciting to watch. And also, like, kind of reinvented himself. Like, I was just gonna say that. I mean, he, I, he's one of those guys that I just wish like his body would have held up better because he's a fun player. He's a fun player, and I was gonna say that too. I thought that he had reinvented himself in his last couple years with the Clippers. He's a better three-point shooter. Always has been a pretty good mid-range shooter, but it, I, I guess it hasn't translated because his body's failed him in other ways. I thought that getting older that would help him uh kind of uh with some longevity in the league and it seems to not have been the case let's move on to the all-star game it's going to be this sunday afternoon all of it ben what are your plans real quick for the big game uh geez i have not even thought of it um (laughs) is are they doing the dunk contest like in between it in at halftime okay so so how this is going to be played out i think it like five or five thirty Eastern time. So your time, they're going to have the skills challenge in the three point contest loaded fields. We'll get into that later. And then they're going to play the first half of the all-star game. Then they're going to be having the dunk contest at halftime. It's going to suck. 
And then the second half of the all-star game after the Elam ending like last year is in full effect. Um, but yeah, that's that my plans. I have Buffalo chicken dip left over from the Ooh. Super Bowl that I have unthawed <laughs> and I'm going to heat it up. And that those are my plans. I'm just going to watch the events prepared to be disappointed in that dunk contest. Yeah. Um, let's go over the draft. As I said, out of commission last night, but I was pumped when I saw where Jokic ended up. Let's get into it. Team LeBron, first pick Giannis, second pick Luca, third pick. No, sorry. Second pick Steph, third pick Luca, fourth pick Jokic. That's a stacked team, Ben. Yeah. Team Did you see what Giannis said? Yeah. He was impressed. Said, it's over. He like, said, they told him, or he said, it's over. He was eating yeah. lemon pepper wings, apparently. And he was <laughs> just said, just said, it's over. That's a solid squad. Jokic essentially said the same thing. I think it's hilarious that none of the players know. I think so. The only two examples I saw were Giannis and Jokic. We talked about this. In, in texting earlier this year, we want to see these two play together in Denver, preferably eventually yeah. two of the most unselfish superstars. I don't think they give a shit. I know Giannis posts, posts some stuff on Instagram and stuff, but I, for the most part, they don't give a shit about like what the public thinks about them. They don't care. I feel about, like, like that's new famous. from Giannis too, right? Like it is. I, I think, think like that's he, super he's been Giannis. told that, yeah, like yeah. he needs to be more yeah. like on social media and stuff. Seems to so. be since he got his own shoe. I think yeah. they're like, we need to sell shoes. Nike's probably telling him to post a bunch of stuff, but he doesn't post a ton. Either way, just unselfish dudes. Both guys had to be told who was on their team and who drafted them in the post game. And Jokic, Jokic had the same kind of reaction. He was like, that's a solid squad. I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you know, I think we I mean, got this. It, all-star games are weird. So like, who knows what, how it translates, but that team is... And that is stacked team. It's, like it's incredible. I mean, you know, like Durant and Embiid are are great too on the other team, but otherwise I feel. But like Durant's hurt. Is, yeah, right. And so that team is just like far superior. Crazy. Yeah. So so far superior to this team, which is Team Durant. Durant again, like I said, he's hurt. He's not going to play. So his starting five are going to be Kyrie, Embiid, Kawhi, Beal, and Jason Tatum. Um, that's a solid squad, of course. Of course it is. And I actually think the only player that's not going to play like crunch time here might be Jokic. Cause I'm be, and I only yeah. say that because usually it's, it's a, it's a small, it's a, like a guard driven game. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's all about entertainment. Jokic is super entertaining, but last year he didn't play in crunch time last year. Embiid did. So normally I'd be inclined to say Embiid's also not going to play in crunch time if there is a crunch time. Um, but I kind of see that not being the case this year. Ben, who do you got? Probably also just doesn't really care. I don't think he, no, he doesn't care. He wants (laughs) to, we talked about this too. He just wants to throw oops to every single one of these players. He wants to set up every single player. You think he's not going to just be looking for Steph the entire game? Like that level of shooter around Jokic. um, He's not going to get a ton of minutes. That's fine. Jokic is a starter. He's proven himself. So I think I'm all team LeBron here. I'm guessing you're the same. I mean, I also yeah. think they are the better team, just despite, you know, like beyond being a Jokic fan, um, that team is incredibly stacked. And Dame is also on the LeBron bench. So spoiler alert, right. if this game is <laughs> close, crazy. Dame's going to be the one playing instead of Jokic, and that's perfectly fine, especially if you want to win a game. Yeah, no, Team LeBron, like, I mean, you, it's a weird game, right? They do the Elam silent, yeah. so you don't know, but like Le, Team LeBron has to be favored. I think they got to be favored. So 
Let's talk about the other all-star Saturday events. Normally on Saturday night, they're all going to be held. Like we said, the schedule earlier, they're all going to be held on Sunday during and before the game. Let's start with the bummer, the slam dunk contest. The contestants are Obi Toppin from the Knicks. I think he's like a power dunker, like a pretty good in-game dunker. But I like, was surprised about that. Like I, I didn't power, realize that. <laughs> power dunker is like they have their place in the dunk contest, right? Like uh, uh, Dominique Wilkins was a power dunker. But like you remember back in like the if you watch replays of like that 1980, whatever, 86 dunk contest, whatever year it was when him and Spud Webb were going at it and he was just throwing down like four different versions of windmills. Like that's all we're going to see from Obi Toppin. It was, it was great back then. Um, but like, come on, Anthony yeah. Simons, this guy, he can dunk, I guess it, he can yeah. dunk. I mean, I like, if he can, like if, if you told me he couldn't dunk, like I would believe Wouldn't you surprise too, me. I, yeah. I, I don't His layup know. package is great. <laughs> but he can't fucking dunk. I don't know. And then Cassius Stanley of the I don't Pacers. know who he is, Matt. I'm. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm. I don't know who he is. I don't think anybody did, other than Pacers fans, and okay. definitely KOC and Verno. Paul Pierce has no clue who this guy is. There's no way in hell. <laughs> and it's their job. Yeah. But, yeah. Cassius Stanley. I don't know how many minutes he's played. Um. At this point, when it was announced that he was in the slam dunk contest, Ben, he had played. 23 minutes total for the year for the Pacers. That's 23 minutes total. He's a God, Duke I, player too. Like how many Duke, is he? Duke blue? Yeah. It said he went to Duke. Yeah. How many still Duke never heard guys of him. are good at like dunking? Like, I don't remember any, frankly, still never heard of him. Grant so Hill, like maybe a little bit. <laughs> I RJ Hampton tweeted out something. And I think the, the slam dunk contest, the participants were already announced before he tweeted this, but when he went into health and safety protocol, he tweeted this, that he really wishes he could be part of the slam dunk contest. I've already seen enough from RJ Hampton, athleticism wise, dunking over people wise. I agree. I wish RJ Hampton was in this. He's a rookie. He has many other chances. My review before this dunk contest even happens, Ben snore. I give it a snore. Yeah. I mean, like, how can you get excited about any of these guys? You can't. I don't know. No, I don't blame anybody for being for being bored. I just I, hope it doesn't take up too much time. Like, I, I uh, agree. I think they should just get on with it. Hopefully it's a very quick thing. Give <laughs> give Obi Toppin 30 seconds to do his thing, and then we're moving on. Yeah, just give me some Obi. Three-point contest, however, Ben, loaded with talent. Yeah. Steph, Book. Levine, Jalen Brown, Spida, and Jason Tatum. Ben, real quick, is it bad for the Celtics that none of their stars, their two all-stars, don't have nicknames I can use in my rundown here? Oh, but you got to know, like, Jason Tatum, you know his nickname? No. Uh, 12-time Tatum. Uh, that's that's how many. Nickname. <laughs> that's how. That's how many championships he's going to win, I guess. For real? <laughs> Did you look that up on basketball? Reference? No, it's actually like a Ben Golliver. I think Ben Golliver from uh, the Washington Post made it up it, kind of in jest when like yeah. early on in his career, the Celtics fans were crowning him as like the next Kobe and stuff. So he started calling him 12-time Tatum. <laughs> but yeah, other uh, than that, I don't know. Jalen Brown, I, I like Jalen Brown a lot. I actually, love Jalen Brown. Um, I love yeah, Jalen Brown. I don't know. I like, Tatum's a stud. I like Jalen Brown more. Just how does Jason as a Tatum player. not have a real nickname though? I feel like he he's very probably in that does Kobe like like mold and stuff. I feel like he should have one. 
you know, he since gave it to himself. Maybe, yeah. Oh, like like Way of Wade. Wow. Way of Wade, <laughs> like Dwayne Wade. That's the lamest nickname, and he gave it to himself with me, which makes it even lamer. Do you remember um, Durant tried to give himself um he it was on the Bill Simmons podcast fairly early in his career? Like yeah. he tried to give himself a nickname. It was like uh, it was something like the distributor or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It sounds it like a Jason Statham movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then he didn't like the nickname Slim Reaper, and that nickname right. kicks ass. Yeah, and the memes too, right? Yeah. Like, there's some great memes. But K- uh, I love KD's great, but bad, bad taste in nicknames, both given and the ones that he picks for himself. Yeah. So who do you have in this three-point contest, Ben? It seems no, like... here. This is worse than the okay. distributor. <laughs> he wanted to call himself the servant. What the hell? Come yeah, on, KD. That's awful, right? Get the fuck out of here. That is can't awful. Even, can't even make that in a Jason Statham movie. No, that's pretty terrible. Man. <laughs> All right. Who do you got in the three-point contest, Ben? Uh, Booker seems to be the favorite here from what I've seen, um, you know, inside TNT people picking him and stuff. I'm going with Steph. Mm, it's yeah. not a, it's not a, it's not an out there pick, but I'm going with Steph. You know, I, I, I told you guys earlier this week, I was picking book. Um, I'm going to change it though. Oh, and I'm going to go with uh, Donovan Mitchell. feel like he's wow. been feeling slighted this week and stuff. And uh, so I feel like he's going to do it. I feel like this never like the best actual shooter, which is probably Steph, never actually wins it. Um, just because like they have to pull balls off the rack and stuff. So I feel yeah. like you got to go with somebody that's like not that good, but might have a chance to get in rhythm. So I'm going with Mitchell. Steph is obviously a great shooter, uh, just a catch and shoot three point shooter, but a lot of his threes don't come off the catch and shoot, they come off the dribble. This is you're absolutely right. I'm still I'm sticking with Steph. But you're absolutely right. This is more of a Clay Thompson type shooter uh, competition. Whereas mm. Clay Thompson, of course, he can move off the dribble, but Clay Thompson's like pump fake one dribble to the left, shoot, or just spot yeah. up shoot. Like he's great he, at that. He can't dribble by himself, pretty much. <laughs> what did he when he scored sixty points? He dribbled like eleven times total. Yeah, that game, something like, 11 like that. Or 12. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. He's he's insane. So skills competition. Presented by Mountain Dew or Taco Bell. I don't know. I think it's the Taco Bell skills competition this year, Ben. Luca, CP3, Sabonis, Vucevic, Julius Randle, and Robert Covington? How the fuck, Ben, did Robert Covington get invited to this party? It's, I mean, it's all stars, and then it's Robert Covington. Yeah, I'll be honest too. I am just not on board with the sort of Julius Randall rehabilitation project. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa! He works I hard, Ben. He works this is hard. A, this is a hot take, but like this guy's <laughs> like basically NBA journeyman. Like he plays in the East. He plays for the Knicks. Like Tibbs has him playing a bunch of minutes, so his like numbers are fine. But like I don't. Julius Randall is like not like that good a player so i'm not on board with him in there either like also like skills competition uh julius randall in there but i mean covington i don't know like he's a good passer right uh i don't know if he is is he uh i i feel like he's kind of like the the swiss army knife type do do a lot of different things maybe but Um, i i think robert covington i feel like is the guy who ever since he was on the sixers the Everybody wanted him and the Timberwolves got him, right? 
and then he wasn't first that the great. Rockets and then first the, well I think it was opposite opposite yeah first first the Timberwolves got him and then he wasn't that good with the Timberwolves and everybody wanted him still and then the mm-hmm. Rockets got him and he was okay with the Rockets and everybody wanted him and then the Blazers got him and now everything I'm seeing about Covington online grain of salt online mostly haters online <laughs> just basically saying Robert Covington is like you know that like uh, what you ordered and what you got like that meme like what yeah. you ordered and what you got is like what you ordered and it's like a picture of jesus right with robert covington <laughs> what you ordered picture of jesus and then like what you received in the mail and it's like that that spanish lady's picture of jesus where he's like all melted read it okay he's Frida like he's Kahlo, ca- maybe no not free no, no this is like an amateur from like two or three years ago i was like uh, <laughs> Maybe I'll include the meme on the Instagram. I don't yeah. think I will, but like, no, we got a couple memes already. We got the right. uh, the arm meme, arm wrestling meme. So we, yeah. need, we need some more. So I, I don't know if it'll be the meme that I put in there, but I'll put in the painting. Um, okay, it's terrible, but I I just feel like Robert <laughs> Covington everywhere he goes, he just kind of disappoints. He's like yeah. that three and D guy who's never as good of a three and D guy as as advertised. I mean that's I fair. I feel like this Gills competition, the like the the guys in it, I think are actually kind of I, I don't know. I'm just like outside of Luke, I feel like Lucas should be able to win this very easily, right? That was I mean, my first so I'm gonna say who you got here, and that was my first reaction. And then I'm like, CP3's got this. Yeah. I mean, he'll be able to like pass the He's ball my through pick. The, yeah. the tire really easily and stuff. Yeah. So He's my pick. I'm going CP3. You going CP3 or Luca? I'm going to go Luca. I just don't see how, like, I mean, it's a bonus. Like, come on, Vucevic. He's, he's good. He's a good passer. I mean, I did not see Sabonis playing that well last night. But Bam okay. Adebayo won last year. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a weird competition, I guess. So It is. It is. Who knows? Maybe Julius Randle will win. Who knows? You know, <laughs> your, your hot take might not hold for very long. Yeah. Let's get into it, Ben. Jazz slander time. So we've been... I've been waiting all week for this. As we've mentioned, we slander the Jazz all day, every day. Rudy Gilbert not only is an overrated defender, nobody likes him. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gilbert trying to tell everybody that they're getting along nowadays. Fuck that. I like Spida. I don't like Rudy Gobert, but we're going to slander both of them tonight. It all started last night during the All-Star Draft when they were the last two picks of the entire thing. The entire draft, the last two picks were Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I'm guessing, again, I missed it. For those of you, I'm doing fine. I cut my thumb last night, got eight stitches. I'm fine. (laughs) Podcasting through it. Second week in a row. Yeah, had a migraine last week. Eight stitches in my thumb this week. I'm here. I'm guessing Rudy Gobert went very last. So Mitchell, I think, is somewhat confusing. Right. Because Mitchell, by all accounts, is like a really great guy. He's a fun guy. I think people he's very skilled. People love him as far as I know. So that's a little confusing how he got that late. When So what? You picked Julius Randle. You picked Sabonis. You picked Zach Levine before him. OK, that's fine. It's, <laughs> that's it's funny. It's funny because he's he's a member of the Jazz. I like that. But I do actually like Mitchell. But it makes sense with Rudy Gobert in an all star game. And all joking aside, Rudy Gobert is pretty good. But in an all-star game, it's not going to be much fun. And on top of that, nobody likes the guy. He's an asshole. Everybody hates him. 
Then things got interesting with some comments that were made during the draft by LeBron. Durant was laughing. The whole TNT inside crew were laughing. The internet was laughing and trolling because it was a lot of fun. Basically, it came up that they were the last two picks of the draft. They were the only two players available. And Barkley was like, I will not take this slander, this jazz slander, and like all this stuff. And then when the draft was over, LeBron said, first off, this isn't any jazz slander, but let me just say, when we were growing up and we were playing video games, <laughs> nobody was picking the jazz. Uh, you know, nobody was picking the jazz. Even when they had Carl Malone and John Stockton, they're really good. Nobody was picking the jazz. So that is slander. <laughs> he basically was saying, hey, it's not Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert we're hating on. Like, we never had respect for this franchise. Well, and Matt, it gets better than that. So while LeBron is picking, he, he has two picks left, right? Yeah. And he goes, it's That's time right. to put some size on the board. <laughs> yeah. And he takes DeMontis Sabonis. Like, Rudy Gobert and, is like 7'2", seven, 7'3". Seven, <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry, but LeBron knows what he's doing, right? Oh, 100%. Like, he, and he knows when he's saying like this sort of thing, like this isn't slander and stuff. He knows exactly like that he's he's going after the jazz here. I mean, this this was excellent content. This was awesome. Yeah. I, I wish I could have watched this live, but I man, I really enjoyed it. I'm definitely including a couple pictures of a couple uh tweets or memes um on the about the jazz slander after after we get off here and after I post it on Instagram. I mean enjoy. Everybody enjoy. We can all agree the jazz are really good this year. But the Jazz suck. I mean, I gotta say, Matt, I feel like it's start. This was just a rough week for the Jazz because it started earlier, um, and it started with that loss we talked about earlier to yes. the Sixers. And uh, you know, like that's it was a big, like it was a marquee matchup. Like people yep. in the NBA were watching that one game. seed versus and, one seed. Uh, like it was a it was a pretty close game, but like the Jazz lost. And I feel like more revealing was like how they took it. Like you know, Mitchell came out blasted like the refing. Rudy, Rudy Gobert like wrote like a fucking novel about like the refing. I don't know if you saw that. Both got fine. On I did not Instagram. See that. Like, yeah, I mean, I didn't read it because it was like three pages long, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but it was just like, it, it revealed like, yo, these guys like, come on, you know, like it was about, it's, it sucks to lose, but like chill out a little bit. You guys like, actually, like I was, I was listening to the, uh, Sports Illustrated pod, and they were saying like the Jazz like get the least foul calls on um, when their opponents are shooting and stuff of any team in the NBA. Yeah, like these guys are just not ready for prime time, Matt. Like I love take it. A, take the loss. It. Like it's okay. Like it's one loss. It's not a great loss, but just like take it. Like they're having they lost a great in season. overtime. It's not like they got embarrassed, and they and lost to the number a, one seed. They're having a great season too, but yeah. like they just like blew up about it, you know. And like I don't know, I just feel like the the Jazz they're not ready. Like I get it, they live in like Salt Lake City, like it's not a lot going on there, but uh, <laughs> like they just need to chill out a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you. I love hearing that they're melting down. I hope that the second half of the season, flip the script on the last few seasons. They've always started slow and come on strong. Flip the script. I hope they fall to like the seven seed and have to play the Lakers in round one or something. It's not going to happen. Uh, but man, I, I hate the jazz. I love all the slander. Jazz music stops. You know what's going to happen. They're not going to make it to the championship. No, They're probably not going to make it past it. the second round. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, and I mean, 
They remind me of that like Atlanta Hawks team from a couple years ago with yes. Kyle Corver, Paul Millsap. Like they had four they all stars one like, year. Yeah, really, yeah. Like they have a lot of very good players, good regular season story. Like I'm happy for the people in Utah, like get them through the winter here. But uh, I'm sorry. Like I just don't think they're the real deal. Uh, Salt Lake City, congratulations. You have the Jazz, you have the real housewives of Salt Lake City. Yeah. And that's about it. You got a good Mexican Alcohol, restaurant. Sex. It's all illegal there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh we're glad that you have at least two or three things. Let's move on to card corner, Ben. We've got something real exciting. We'll wait. We'll Ooh. wait. We'll wait. Because first I gotta say, I bought last week, I bought an MPJ rookie prism PSA 10. I got it in the mail this week. It's glorious. I will show everybody a picture on Instagram. I love it. it. I, nice. I think it's very nice. It's only going to go up in value. Even if it hold, like, even if the card boom in a couple of years or sooner, like whenever, like I think things will slow down as MPJ. I think we've always said, and I think in particular, cause I can only speak for myself, Ben. I think he's going to be a multi-time all-star. He's going to be a multi-time all NBA player. I think that's the kind of talent we're talking about here with MPJ. Bought his card. Not it wasn't cheap, but it also wasn't too expensive considering where I think this card's going to end up in like 10, 15, 20 years. Um, so I'm hoping I I love having these things. Um, so I'm probably going to hold on to it for a while until it's worth like a shit ton. I got a I'm getting a Shaq rookie card graded right now. So whoa, John, whoa. our our fellow, yeah, our fellow podcaster here, John, who doesn't join us as much as he used to. Um he sends it to this company, he sends these cards to this company. And then based on their expertise, they determine whether or not they should send it to PSA for grading. If they do send it on, they don't guarantee it, but they think that if they send it on, it's either a nine or a 10. Well, one of my four Shaq rookie cards that my dad gave me got through. So I'm hoping it's a 10 because oh. right now those Shaq rookies, and I'll probably hold on to this too, because they're going for like three grand right now which surprises me because Shaq's like an all-time great basketball player. So I'm surprised it isn't going for more. Yeah. But like a few months ago, they were going for like one, 200 bucks. So right now they're hot. Um, I'm going to hold on to that, obviously. Yeah. And I got these for free from my dad. I'll give him a cut. I'll give him a cut. (laughs) Uh, But I'm all in on buying low right now on Zeke Najee and RJ Hampton. As I've said, I think I have, I have a few in the mail from each of them coming. Um, right now there's not they don't have the prisms out yet i think john said anticipate march for the prism cards coming out Um, but i do have just some nba hoops rookie cards that are pretty cool and i've got a lamello on the way it's a base card it's nothing special yeah i bought it for 20 bucks i hope it it, if it's in good shape i'll send it in for grading Um, if it's not i could probably flip that when he wins rookie of the year that that raw card for 20 bucks is going to be probably 50 bucks at least. He's winning rookie of the year. Oh, he's too, definitely think, winning no rookie of the year. And yeah. he's going to be in multiple all-star games. I'd say. I think so too. too so it, that's one of the deals. It's like, send it in with John. Uh, if it gets through to grading, that's great. Cause if it grades 10, fantastic. If it grades nine, that's pretty damn good too. But I mean, I've got time with LaMelo as long as injuries are on his side to hold on to that card for years. Yeah. Um, and then, Ben, we talked about <laughs> Top Shot last time. Uh, no what idea. Are, what's an Still NFT? No idea. Non fungible. What is it? Uh, NFT. Non fungible. 
trades, non-fungible somethings. Um, apparently, these are all the new rage. This top shot thing is basically, like we said on our last episode, basically like Bitcoin. It's virtual currency. These are virtual cards. Um, basically, what you do is, if you're lucky enough, you go on to Top Shot. A non-fungible token. Non-fungible token. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, so it's basically like virtual currency. And the last couple times I tried to get on some of these releases, I was like 63,000th in line when like 20-some thousand cards were being released. So I got on this morning, kind of forgot about the release. Five minutes before I got an update. I got on. There's another one at 6 p.m. tonight. By the time people hear this, going to be passed. Too late. Yep. But try to get on Top Shot if you can. Um, I got one this morning. I got on. There were 60,000 being released this morning. I was 13,000th in line. It only took maybe 40 minutes to actually get my car, like get my pack. And Ben, I have a special treat for everybody. I hope this goes well. I'm opening it. This is live. exciting. I'm wow. opening it live. I have held on to this all day. It's been hours. I'm about this to play. Can great. I share my screen? I think I can. See if you can see this. Uh, I don't can, know. Can you see there, my screen now? <laughs> I, I can't. Is there going to be okay. audio with it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. So I'm, I'm just going to click open. I won't be able to share screens. Open. Open your pack. I'm clicking on it. So the way this is an all-star pack. So I should have at least one all-star in here. Here we go. Wait, so these are these are highlights, right? These are highlights. And so the way Let's this works no is OB you... topping in there. Oh, God. If there is, I hope there's also <laughs> like a Luca or a LeBron. So this is an all-star pack. And the, my understanding is there's three cards in here. All right. And when I click on these, that means that I own these highlights. And these yeah. things are just in the last two weeks... Top Shot has just like skyrocketed up in value. So here, I'm going to click to reveal my first card. Here we go. It's a dunk from February 2nd, 2021. It's a Jalen Brown. I hey, love Jalen Brown. we like Jalen Brown. I love Jalen Brown. That's good. That's good. That's a big dunk. That's going to be a February good one. Wait, what is it? February... February 2nd, 2021 against the Warriors. All right. It's a pretty good highlight. That's a pretty good highlight. Okay. Next one. Let's see if I can open up another one here. Click to reveal. Here we go. Three-pointer from the Pacers. Brogdon. Eh. The president. Whatever. The president. I'll take it. good. Ooh, nice little assist from TJ McConnell there. Corner three. (laughs) TJ Brogdon. Wow. All right. Let's see what my third card is This is is a big one, I feel like. I don't know. I feel like the (laughs) Jalen Brown was a big one. Let's see. Bucks dunk. It's a Giannis. Oh, that is a big one. Fuck yeah. Against Cleveland, all through Jarrett Allen. Wow. And Jarrett That's Allen, be big. He, I don't know if you just heard, but Zach Lowe was talking him up as like, he always contests the dunks. That's oh what he likes God. about him. Yeah, I did see that. Oh my That's God, a I big got a Giannis. One. A Giannis and a Jalen Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, NBA Top Shot. Go check it out. I think it's the next big thing. I, I Full disclosure, I don't get it. Because you can see any <laughs> of those on YouTube. But apparently now I own those highlights along with other people but now i own it and i can sell it um in they're in cahoots with the nba and the players association so kind of a cool deal ben i think that's it for the pod this week thank you that's everybody a good way to go out yeah big, man big Giannis dunk you were right that last one was the big one that's i didn't big. know i'd get two all-stars so that is all for the patty melt boys nba pod this week thank you for joining us as always please give us a follow on apple podcast 
or Spotify. Rate and review us as well. We will talk to you soon. We out.